0: jesus thank you for this night god as we've been singing lord our heart is yours lord we surrender to you we give you all god and and it's time it's time that we this year 2023 as we spoke about a few weeks ago that we want to press on we want to be different in how we live and how we surrender and how we move in the power of your holy spirit and so lord i ask that you bless your word as you speak to us through your word, as we study this passage, may what we find inspire us and, and put put fuel on a fire for our, for our living for you, and especially to share your light, to share the gospel, to share Jesus. So Lord, be with us tonight. I pray for your spirit to speak, and I pray for your spirit to move upon our hearts in a great way. So we give you this time please anoint it Jesus and in your name we ask amen Well I read about this barber after being inspired by a Sunday church message uh he was this barber he was compelled to share Jesus with the very first customer that would walk into his shop on Monday morning Well Monday morning came he opened the doors and here comes this guy an unsuspecting person uh he put him in a chair uh, he laid the chair back he lathered on the shaving cream as he normally first does he took his razor out and in his heart to want to share jesus and not really knowing what to say he took his razor out to give him a shave and he's holding it up and he asked him are you ready to die Well, in great horror, that man ran out the door down the street with his apron and everything. Now, I would say that's probably not the best way to share Jesus. It's probably not the best way, but God bless his heart that he even tried. I mean, many of us don't try. Many of us don't really do anything. We think, well, that's for Billy Graham. That's for Greg Laurie. We think that, well, maybe... We need to leave it to uh, the quote-unquote professionals, but is that really what God wants? No. We've been seeing that, like at the end of, of of Luke, the Great Commission, we see that Jesus wants us to be a witness, a light, and share His good news, share the gospel. Yet, not everyone does. Everyone gets comfortable. No one wants to step out. People are in fear. And we just kind of settle into this. Well, other people can do it. Someone said, "Too many Christians are no longer fishers of men, but keepers of the aquarium." <laughs> I like that one. So, how do we share Jesus? What, what what do we say? Where do we start? When when if God is calling us to share Jesus, okay, okay, Jesus, I, I okay, Lord, I won't do that for you. You're moving in my heart. You're you've been talking to me about this, but but where do we start? What do we do? Well, as we continue our study here in the book of Acts, we find a great example in what Peter shared to the people in how after healing that lame man that we saw last week. So let this passage show us on being ready to share Jesus. Let it equip us. That and That's the title of our message, being ready to share Jesus. Let it, let this passage speak to us. Let it move upon us that, that we would know how to share Jesus. And so that's what I want to see here. It's Peter's going to be sharing Jesus to this crowd, but in it, I think we can learn how to share Jesus, even in our own lives. We're going to be studying Acts chapter 3, from verse 11 through the end of the chapter, verse 26. Now, there's four parts to this. And I would say there's four things about sharing Jesus. And this is our outline. Number one, it's not about me. Don't make it about you. Number two, it's about Jesus. Yeah, make it about Jesus. Number three, it's about our sin. That's what we got to talk about. And number four, it's about God's Love, So these are the things we're going to see in Peter's preaching here, in him sharing Jesus. And so I want to pull these, thing out, these things out so that we can uh, take it home, that we can put it into our hearts, that we may be able to clearly share Jesus and have something to say and not get all nervous. Oh, what I say? Where do I, start? Where do I start? And all that. So let's begin with the first thing here. Number one, it's not about me. It's not about me. Look at verse 11 and 12 here of Acts chapter 3. It says, While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? So we'll stop there. Now, we begin here coming into our story in verse 11. It really started back in verse 1. Remember, Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. It was 3 p.m. And they came upon this lame man. He couldn't walk. And he would be there daily begging for money. They couldn't, there was no so, uh, social services. There was no help there. So that was the only way that anybody who had a physical malady could even survive. Well, Peter saw him, remember? Peter lifted him up in the name of Jesus. Walk. And he started walking. Remember, our title last week was a walking miracle. He became this walking miracle. The man started leaping and walking. It says he was leaping. He just kept, I could just imagine he's so happy and joyful. Well, that he hadn't been able to walk since birth, you know. And it, it tells us in the next chapter that he was like over 40 years old. So it's been a long time he's been like this, and now he's healed. And so all the people who know this guy, they pass by him all the time. He's there daily as they go to worship. They know this guy. They recognize him. But now he's walking, so they're totally amazed, and they come to see what's going on. So it says here in verse 11, while he, this is the healed man, clung to Peter and John. Now, I want you to understand, he's not clinging to to Peter and John. They're probably like um, there. It's not like they're holding him up. Because right. He he le- he was leaping. He was walking. Everything. He's just so happy. He's like. Oh. So appreciative. He's like giving them a hug. He won't let them go. He's like right there. He's just hanging them. Oh. You know. I could picture him like. Oh. I love you man. You know. You, you know. Thank you for helping me. Oh. You know. And he just. He's just so grateful. And happy. And just. Just full of love for them. So in his gratefulness he's standing there with peter and john so that's the picture picture them the guys oh holding them and not wanting to let go and all the people are coming out they all the people utterly astounded they ran they're hearing the news what what that guy remember the guy who was begging remember the guy who couldn't walk remember since birth and he's walking he he was jumping and leaping they all come to see the sight and here's peter Here's the healed man, and here's John, and they all come to see astounded, and they ran together, verse 11 says, in the portico called Solomon, what's that? Well, the portico means porch, so it's Solomon's porch, and the outer part of the uh, temple in one area were those, were, were these big columns, and a covering, and so it was a porch it 's where many of the rabbis we talked about would teach their students or people were gathered to pray and and I believe perhaps the the apostles were teaching people the believers too in that area so the, this is where peter john here 's the healed man, and they all come running like, "Well, we want to see this, we want to see what 's going on so this miracle that we saw last week in the uh, previous part of this chapter. Not only helped the beggar guy, but it also created this opportunity. As the people gathered all around, it created an opportunity for the apostles to share Jesus. Specifically, we're going to see Peter. It, 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 this is God's plan. The miracle was validating, right, uh, uh, what Peter was to say about the truth about Jesus and the gospel. So we're going to see a lot of miracles in that way where God wants to validate it, but not only that, create an opportunity to see the work of God going on, to see Jesus still doing things. Yeah, even though he's risen from the dead, ascended, and he's in heaven. He's working now through the apostles by what? The power of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8. We studied that back then. So here's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the lives of, of the apostles. And specifically, Peter was the one who raised him up and, and he was healed. So even though this wasn't a, a great, uh, you know, situation, I should say, for this, this man, it turned out to be an, a great opportunity that he experienced God in an incredible, miracle way. And the people are going to be given an opportunity to hear about Jesus. Uh, I like this thought, right? Obstacles are really opportunities for God to do great things. Keep that in mind in your life. And even as as you go through things or as we're talking about sharing Jesus, you know, just remember that we have a mission here. We can make it so much about me and my needs and stuff. But there's people all around us who need Jesus. And and I believe this. I believe in this day and age we live in. And and, and even some of you are going through a lot of trials and, and constant storms seem to be uh, coming around. You know, it's easy for us to just focus on ourselves. And I think that's Satan's plan, that we would not be a light anymore. That we would not walk in the power of the Spirit and experience God in the middle of our trial and shine the light even. So keep in mind with that, that that as we spoke about last week, we want the Holy Spirit working in our lives, right? In a powerful way. So be aware of that. That obstacles are really opportunities for God to do great things. So that's what's going on here with the man. And then it says in verse 12, we read that, so Peter, he saw all of this. The people coming around, they're looking at them. They're like in amazement. So Peter saw it as this opportunity. And so Peter addressed the people who came around, men of Israel. So he's talking to um, the, the, the people of Israel. Why do you wonder at this? In other words, why are you saying, what's this? What's going on? In other words, he's like, look, you guys, we're in the temple. Uh, God obviously did something here. That's what he's saying. What, why, why are you wondering what's going on? God's doing something here. And, and then he says in verse 12, or why do you stare at us? Why are you looking at us like, like we did this? That we have some power, like he says here in verse 12, um, as though by our own power we did this. Or, or our piety, in others. words, or we're so godly, we're so holy that, oh, we've come here with this power and we did this, that we made this man walk. So you see Peter right away is like, look, it, it's not us. It's not me, Peter saying. it's, It's not John. It's not us at all. So the first thing in sharing Jesus, understand, is make sure it's not about me. Yeah? It's not about you. It's not about... You know, don't exalt yourself. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm so great, you know. No, yeah, you know, I always think about that quote, um, that um, uh, evangelism or sharing Christ is one beggar telling another beggar where to get food. You know, we're all in the same place. We're not anything special or anything better here. It's not about me. Don't sit there and exalt yourself, you know. Uh, and that's not what it's about. That's not why you're saved or why people uh, uh, or you did a miracle or God used you to touch people, you know. It, it, it's not about you, really. We get so self-focused sometimes. I remember years ago, a long, long time ago, I met an evangelist, a, a guy who went around, was sharing Jesus, and I believe it was Mexico, Central America he was from. And, and when I met him, you know what the first thing he did? He took his wallet out. He opened it up and he pulled out a little like index card, and it had a whole bunch of hash marks, you know, tch, 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 cross, tch, tch, cross, you know, a whole bunch of them all over. And he showed it to me, and he said this. He says, "This is all the people I've counted that I I led to Jesus Christ." And I thought, okay, well, praise the Lord. And at first, you're kind of like, "Whoa, that that's awesome." But, but then I thought, well, I think there's a little too much pride here, you know. I feel like he was taking credit for God's work, God's powerful work. We can't save anybody, right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's God who does that saving. He's the one, not us. So, so it's not about me. This is, this is Peter. He's standing. Look, it's not me. It's not us. Don't look at us. No, it's not about me. You don't see Peter and John going, whoa, this is great. You know, we ought to start a healing ministry. Let's, you know, get some TV cameras, put it on the Jerusalem TV and everything, and we'll do this, we'll call a revival and a healing. No, that's that's not what they did. Peter pushed that off as the people were starting to exalt them, to look at him and go, no, 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 no. He was trying to push it off of himself, right? And we're going to see next, push it toward, point to Jesus. But you see when we share Christ it's not about you and how powerful you are yeah it's about what God has done it's about his work his power so let me say this number 1 you know what when you share Jesus put in your mind it's not about you yeah so that means don't be like well i don't know what to say Oh, well, i i i might mess it up it's not about you yeah it's not about how good you do or how, how you don't do or anything. It's about your heart, your compassion towards someone who needs Jesus Christ. So put your mind in that way. Don't, don't be afraid and scared to share because you're so self-conscious. Then you're making it about you. Yeah? Make it about, well, this is what God wants me to do. That I want to make about this person who's, who's in bondage. They're, they need freedom. They're, they're in sin. They're suffering. They're hurting. Make it about that. You know, if, if you see someone who, who, who got hurt or fell down, what do you do? Well, I don't know if I should pick them up or leave them down there, right? Or well, what if I do the wrong thing? No, you just automatically, oh, man, I, I want to go help them, right? Because you have compassion. You care. So it's not about me. Don't exalt yourself. Don't make yourself the center in that. So on this first thing, being ready to share Jesus. Number one is it's not about me, and that's what Peter did here. Number two, it's about Jesus. Number two, it's about Jesus. And here we're going to look at verse thirteen through sixteen. But first, look at verse thirteen, just the first part. It's, Peter now goes on to say, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorify his servant, Jesus. So we'll stop right there. So Peter's like, okay, look, it's not us. It's not about me. It's not like we had the power. But now let me tell you, let me tell you what's going on here. And here, as he begins here in the rest of this chapter, he's pointing to Jesus. He's pointing to God. So the first thing he says, it's a very Jewish thing to say this because he's talking to the Jewish uh, people in the temple, right? So he, he says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, right? So that's a very Jewish thing. Oh yeah, this, this is our God that we worship in the Old Testament, that's the one who who guided Abraham and who was is with Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, our ancestors, you know, the God of our heritage, the God of, of our Jewish nation. So he's pointing to God now. He's pointing to God of who they know in the Old Testament. And so he goes on, and now he says, glorified. His servant, Jesus. Now, this God, you guys know, this God that we, we, we worship as Jews, that from the Old Testament, as we would say, right? This, this God glorified, guess who? Jesus. Glorify His servant, Jesus. Glorify meaning the Father God exalted Jesus. He's the one who did that. The word servant here is interesting. It's a unique Greek word, and it basically means ambassador. So this is Jesus is God's personal ambassador serving that whom God sent to this earth. And this is Jesus. And we read Jesus here in the New Testament in the Greek. It's actually uh, the Greek word for the Hebrew word uh, Joshua and in our English, right? Uh, Yahweh saves. The Lord is my salvation. That's what that means. And so Peter's really saying, look, you know, our God that we worship. Well, guess what? He had glorified Jesus. He's the one who brought Jesus. He's the one who who, who who exalted him, that he's actually honoring Jesus, his servant. And we know Jesus came to serve, right? In Matthew 20, 28 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Peter's sets us up by saying, look, it's not us. It's not about me. It's about what God did. And and I think for us, we can point to Jesus off of ourselves. That that should be constantly in our mind, that we're pointing to the God of the Bible here. I mean, most people understand, well, oh, and they'll receive that. Oh, yeah, well, God's word, right? Well, the God behind the Bible is the one who sent Jesus to come and save us. So that's what we can share and point to Jesus. Then in verse 14, it says, But you denied the holy, or I'm sorry, verse 13, back up a little bit. The second part, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And in his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and that faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So here's Peter now. He's he's pointing to Jesus, and he's, he's sharing what Jesus went through. Now keep Jesus the center focus in this passage. Now even though Peter's saying what you guys did, he's relating to that time, right? I mean, I mean think about it, um, bef- from the time that Jesus rose again, died and rose again, to his ascension was how long? Do you remember? 40 days, right? Because he was teaching the disciples for 40 days and he ascended. So it wasn't that long ago that all these events had transpired. So the people in Jerusalem, there, they know, they understand. It's not like us, you know, we're looking back well, almost 2,000 years. But for them, it, it's still fresh. And so he's saying, hey, you guys, remember? Remember the crowd? Remember what, what happened here? So Peter, in a way, is pointing to Jesus by listing s- these things that Jesus went through that's the idea and i i i kind of like to see it as a list of a series of paradoxes you know things that are are kind of contrasting or opposite of each other for example so he starts in verse 13 you know god glorify his servant jesus whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate, which when he decided to release him in other words when Pilate wanted to release Jesus and let him go, because you know but, but you guys didn't want that. and so he's, what he 's saying is in a way is, here's Jesus who came to deliver the people, but they delivered him over to die. They wouldn't release him. And, and in that way, verse 14, "But you denied the holy righteous one, that's Jesus, and asked for a murder to be granted. Remember, um, they were saying, "We want Barabbas, they had a choice you want." Jesus released a barabbas, barabbas was 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 arrested for murdering someone, and they said, "Crucify Jesus, we want Barabbas." So the paradox is, hey, Jesus is like ho- holy and righteous, yet you traded him for an unholy murder Barabbas. And then in verse fifteen, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And then, so in, in verse 15, he says, You killed the author of life and asked for one who took a life. So it's this kind of paradox kind of going on. But notice he's really mentioning who Jesus is. He is the holy and righteous one. He, he, he is the author of life. And not only that, Peter throws in that God raised Jesus from the dead. And we testify to that. So we know he's alive. So because he's alive. Because uh, this is who Jesus is. Though you know what happened in, in the past. What he went through. But he is alive. Peter says verse 16. And his name. By faith in his name. Has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. And so it was this faith in Jesus. Jesus. Interesting, right? It wasn't the faith of the man. It was the faith of Peter knowing Jesus can do that. Peter obeyed the Holy Spirit to go and lift the man up and heal him. But it was faith in the power of Jesus. Jesus, it was by his name. Remember, he said in the name of Jesus, right? I, um, uh, he raised them up. And and so um, verse 6, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So it was by the authority and the power of Jesus Christ that this man was healed. So here's Peter. It's not about me. It's about what Jesus did. And it's about he's the one who healed him. And he's the one, you guys, that went through all this stuff for us. He went through all this. And, and, and that's what he's Here's, here's Jesus innocent here's Jesus God the holy the righteous one here's, here's Jesus who who didn't do anything yet he went through all of this for us this is the Jesus he's, he's alive now he's risen and it's by his power this man is alive but think about that Peter's saying this is about Jesus think about what he went through think about how his goodness is still coming out this is Jesus Working, it's about Jesus and what He went through for us, and that—that's what He's kind of laying out here. I read about this Florida trooper who drove her patrol car directly head-on into this speeding drunk driver. You know why? Because this drunk driver had, had blown through a lot of um, um, stops and and. Um, uh, uh, Certain they had cordoned off this this area, and she just blew through because there was a thousand runners in a ten k event going on, and and she was heading right for everybody there. And so this 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 trooper took her car and went head on to stop her, and stopped her in a, a head on you know collision. There, they're both okay. Um, of course, the drunk driver is arrested and everything, but it made me think about. That's Jesus. What he went through. He went. He he went head on into clashing with the religious leaders and and even the people who were against him and were saying crucify him, crucify him, all to save us from our sin. That's Jesus. It's about Jesus. And even now he's alive. He's still healing people. He's still working here. He may not literally be here on earth because of all that happened, but he's alive from the dead and he's still working. This is Jesus working. It's about Jesus, what he went through for us so that he can now heal us. So understand here, as we're learning from Peter here, being ready to share Jesus, it's not about me. You know, it's about Jesus and it's about what he went through. Number three, it's about our sin about our sin. Look at verse, uh, we're going to cover verse 17 through 21, but look at 17 and 18. It says here, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets is, Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. We'll stop there. So the rejection, we could say, of Jesus, it's bad. By the people, by the rulers, the religious leaders, you know, their spiritual leaders at that time. It was it was it was bad. But Peter says, But look, I know you guys acted in ignorance. In other words, I, I know you didn't fully understand what you were doing. You didn't fully understand what was going on here and, and as you got caught up in all of this. But Peter's like, you know what? This was prophesied. God knew. He had a plan in all of this. God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets. This was what was in the Old Testament. That Christ, Christ is another word What for the Messiah, that he would fulfill these things. And I was thinking, yeah, like Isaiah 53. If you read that, you, you see clearly what Jesus went through. So Peter's like, look. Look, look, you you rejected Jesus. That's bad. That's really bad. I but you didn't fully understand. Like think about when Jesus was on the cross, right? And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's God's heart. And so here's Peter showing that. Look, that was bad. But you know what? What happened to Jesus? It was fully predicted. It was prophesied. And so he says in verse 8. Uh, verse 19, he says, Repent therefore, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. So he's saying, Look, so now that you're like understanding this, though, before you didn't fully understand, but what I'm explaining to you, now you're beginning to know, you know what, repent, turn back, so that your sins will be blotted out. Repent, remember, is to do a 180, to, to, in other words, he's saying, uh, turn around from rejecting Jesus. Reevaluate and look at what Jesus did. Look at what God has done in sending Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. Uh, it, look at all that he's done. And you know what? You can be forgiven. Your sins can be blotted out. That means erased. Through the forgiveness of sins uh, that were held against us, it can be erased and no more will be held against you. So turn from your sin, and and the ultimate sin it really is is rejecting Jesus. Because without Jesus, there's no other propitiation, there's no other atonement for our sin. It's like in Acts chapter four, verse twelve. It says, "There is salvation in no one else, no one else but Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And who's that name? Jesus, Jesus. So." See what your sin has done. The sin of rejecting Jesus and your, 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 that ultimate sin. And so he says, repent therefore, turn back that your sins may be blotted out. And then verse 20, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you. Times of refreshing, that phrase is an Old Testament phrase kind of speak a phrase it it, they would understand this as as Jews it speaks of the time when God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon believers and it speaks about a spirit-filled life and so he goes so that hey you guys so that the Holy Spirit you know that we've been waiting for that the Messiah would bring that that ability that he'll make the way for us to be filled with the Spirit as it says in the Old Testament and then verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. He's talking that Jesus must go to heaven until time comes that He will come back to the earth and restore things, bring the kingdom of God that has been prophesied and establish His kingdom on earth, basically the millennium. So, So let me give you this idea of what Peter's was putting forward here. It's like you guys you you know now. You didn't you didn't fully understand, but I'm telling you, here's what's going on. The Holy Spirit speaking to Peter, trying to get them to see things now clearly. Now you you guys know, so you gotta repent. You gotta turn back. You and, and understand this has been spoken about by the prophets. And you know what? It's so that you can be forgiven and that What was talked about, that that Holy Spirit to come, the promise of the Father could come and be filling you, what we talked about. And then even in the millennium when Christ returns, that you can be part of that. You see, God's desire is for people to know Him. For people to have... Not just to know of Him, but to know Him, know Him. To have a close relationship with Him. And then to be able to spend, what? Eternity with Him. And especially what is mentioned here, that millennium, when He sets up His kingdom on the earth. But what happens? Sin separates us from the Holy God. And so, Jesus was sent, why? So that we have a way to turn back to God, to repent. So that now... In Christ, as believers, the Spirit can be poured out upon us. We can become a part of the community, the family of God, and we could be part of that community in the millennium and in heaven. That's what Peter's laying out for these guys right here. And so he's saying, look, it's about your sin. You're rejecting Jesus, your sin that separated you from God. But you know what? You can be forgiven if you turn, if you repent. It's about our sin that needs repenting, that will really bring you close to God. That's what He's putting forth here. A Keiki Church teacher asks uh, once he asked a class, "What's repentance?" Well, one boy raises hand and says, "It's being sorry for your sins." But then a little girl raised her hands and and, and said it a little more clearly, "It's being sorry enough to stop." That's what repentance is. And that's what God calls us, calling us to do. Is He wants to, like, say, look, it's your sin that messes things up. It's your rejection of Jesus. It's not going to Him for the help and He's the only one who can help. It's your sin that needs repenting. It's important to understand that sin has to be dealt with. That's what keeps us from god and the consequences that's what we live through that kind of mess things up in our life but you know what jesus wants to heal us jesus wants to help us like this 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 lame man that it's like a picture yeah we we couldn't walk with god but then through jesus through his name the man can now walk And now he can go worship and be close to God. He can go to the temple on his own and can walk. So you guys, that's what we want to share. It's about our sin that has separated us from God. So we need to repent. We need to turn back to God because God's there desiring us. And that's really the next part. So being ready to share Jesus is number one, it's, not about me, right? Don't exalt yourself. It's about Jesus, what he went through for us, and it's about our sin that needs repenting. Number four, our last part we're going to see here is it's about God's love, and that's what I want you to see here. Look at verse 22 now, uh, and we'll the this section is the last part of this chapter, but verse 22 says, Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him, in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. Now, Peter quotes Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, and that and as we've been seeing, he's very versed in the Old Testament. He, he knows that he's been taught by Christ. And so he's quoting Old Testament scripture to support what he's talking about. But he's bringing in Moses now, right? The, the, the first and greatest prophet that the Lord sent. And, of course, all the Jews respect him highly. Well, Moses, he brings up, Moses said, the Lord God is going to raise up a prophet. He's talking about Jesus. And among your brothers, a a Jewish prophet here. And you know what? You need to listen to him. You need to receive whatever he tells you. Listen to him. Receive it. But then there's a warning, right? The warning is that, and it shall be to every soul. Who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed. In other words, you'll perish in your sins. Then he goes on in... in, um, Verse 24, and all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel, like from Samuel on, and those who came after him also proclaim these days. So he's saying, and so other prophets were talking about this time when the Messiah will come, when salvation will be brought, when the Messiah will come and go through these things and die and suffer on the cross for our sins and so we can be forgiven. And so here's Peter saying that, look, There's prophets who came even after talking about what Christ has done. And then he says in verse 25, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Peter's like, and you guys, you guys are descendants of these prophets. You're you're the, 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 the children. You're the ones who... Who who are, are have come after what uh, the time of the prophets, and 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 you are part of that covenant of God. Remember, God chose Israel to be His people, and then He brings in what Abraham said: "And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed." So He's talking about um, how the Messiah would come out of the line of Abraham, of the Jews, and you'll be blessed, Genesis 22, 18. And so Peter's like, look, follow me here. We're part of this plan of God. We're part of what God is doing. And then verse 26, God having raised up his servant, who's that? Jesus, right? How Peter mentioned it back in verse 13. He said, God having raised up Jesus, his servant, sent him to you first, the Jews. He was there with you to share his message from God with you. He came to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And what's that wickedness? Their sins and rejecting Jesus. He came so that they would be made right with God. So here's Peter saying, see, look, God desires that. You not be judged for your sins. He He sent Jesus to rescue you, to save you. You know why? Because He loves you. Because without Jesus, without Jesus being there, you would perish in your sins. So here's the last part of His sermon. It's about God's love. To not see you perish. So that you can be rescued. That you can be saved. That's what peter is saying here and and i think about how powerful and we kind of maybe take it as well i know that scripture and maybe a lot of people do but with the holy spirit empowering you to say you know what god so loved the world that means he loved you that he gave his only begotten son his only son that he sent jesus for you for me that he went through all this He's the one who's working in my life. If you see anything in my life, it's because of Christ. It's Him because of what He went through and the sacrifice He made. It's about what Jesus did because of our sin. And it's about God's love because God so loved the world, He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him, what He did, should not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's heart. For you not to perish, but to be with him. To, to rescue you. To, to have a, 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 a way and a place where God can love on you. God wants to love on you. But that sin gets in the way. But you know what? That's why he sent Jesus Christ. This here's Peter. He's saying, look, this is this is the miracle of he- this the healing of the lame man. It was done out of God's love, but also to reach out to you, to grab your attention to so that you would be rescued by Jesus. That's Peter's message here. That's Peter giving this. Do you guys see that? You see him, I mean, we can get lost in all these details and everything. We can say, oh yeah, this is just one of his sermons and going back Old Testament. But I, I wanted to present this passage to you in this way so we could learn. As we come to a close here, I want you to understand something. When Peter gave this message, right, he didn't like study 15 hours and, okay, we're going to go to the temple and some people are going to come and they're going to, Come and gather. I'm going to give you give this message. No, think about that. What were they doing? We saw last week, right earlier in the chapter, that they were what in verse one, going to the temple to what pray as they did daily. This wasn't like something planned, right? It it was the Holy Spirit who had led him. Oh, pointed this guy out to go and heal him, and now all these people are coming around. It wasn't like Peter was. All prepared and go, okay, you know, I'm ready to give this message and everything. No, Peter did not study for this message. He was ready already. And that's what I want to put in your heart today. You know, this is what we need to have. And if you're wondering, well, I don't know what to say. Well, take these components. Study it. I mean, think about this. Peter... Wasn't you know uh, sitting there and like okay, um, now everyone, you know, let's gather together. And let's pray. no, all these events happen. I was thinking how I can hear Peter coming home that day, hey, telling his wife a funny thing happened on the way to the temple. You know, God used them in a powerful way through the Holy Spirit, but all this was already in him, it was already part of his heart. An opportunity came and he just shared his heart. And I believe that's what God is calling us to do, to be ready to share Jesus. Go over this outline again. Listen to this uh, message again if you need to. I, I think we should memorize these four things. Yeah? It's not about me. Don't exalt yourself. Yeah? And don't be quiet because all in all you're, you're thinking of yourself. No, have compassion for the people. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. of what He went through for us. It's about our sin that needs repenting. It's about God's love because He doesn't want to see anyone perish. So it's just some simple thoughts, but you, you can explain these things in your own words, in your own experience, and share Jesus Christ with someone. I believe God is calling us to do that. If you're really here and if you're connected online, you're, 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 you're a believer. You're callers, you call yourself a Christian. They understand, why are we still here? Well, yeah, God's still teaching us. We need to grow. But I believe one of the biggest reasons, he wants to use us. Use us in many ways. Serving the church, furthering his kingdom. I think one of the biggest ways is to share Jesus with someone. Someone that God brings. And to share share these things. Peter, this wasn't prepared. It was already in him. So, will you be ready like Peter? Peter, John, the apostles, they're, they're long gone. There's been a lot of people who've Christians who have gone before us. I'm not just talking about evangelists or, or, or guys who have crusades and things like that. But everyday Christians like you and I. Many have gone before us. And now we're here. Our generation. Our time is now. And so as Peter stepped up, as Peter shared all this, with, without knowing what was going to happen, will, will we be ready and stand in that place too. I'll close with this. Um, Every Saturday night for over 40 years, a servant of God stood on a certain street corner handing out gospel tracts to anybody who would pass by. Then he just stopped. You know why? He was discouraged because he felt like there was so little fruit and basically he left. He abandoned his post. Years later, he happened to come back to that spot, just by chance. And there on that same street corner was a young man who was standing there giving out tracks like he did. So he went up to him and said, how, how, how is it that you're here tonight? How is it that you're doing that? Well, the young man said, well, you know what? There was this old man who occupied this corner for years. I was saved by one of the tracks he gave me. I don't know where he is. I guess he's in heaven now. So I'm seeking to fill his place. Well, tears filled the eyes of this older Christian said, you know what? I am the man who gave you that trap. And then he said, and by the grace of God, I mean to stand with you until Jesus comes. Let's stand with Peter. Let's stand with these guys. Let's stand with those we're always being ready to share Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, help us today, God, to be bold in your Holy Spirit. God, though we don't, may not always know what to say or we're fearful that we may make a mistake, God, you did not make a mistake in calling us, every believer, to share the gospel. God, we have a story to tell. We understand what you've done in our lives. And Lord, let, it, let us exalt you as God, you glorify your servant, Jesus. May we follow in his footsteps and serve you, God, and share the light of the truth of God that you love us, Lord. And you sent your son to die for us, to suffer unjustly, God, that the Holy One, the Righteous One, died on the cross for our sins. And let us see that we need to turn from our sins. That's the problem. And that when we reject Jesus, that's the biggest problem of all. Because he's the only one who could save us. And Lord, I thank you that we'll see next time. But in this story, that 5,000 people, over 5,000 came to be saved. This was powerful. And so I believe this is something you want us to tap into to be like, to always be ready to share your word. And if it's this kind of outline, if it's these things, God, may, may you help us simplify it, to remember it, to have a, a skeleton outline that we can just share with anybody. God, thank you for your word tonight. And I pray you'd stir us up, Lord, to exalt you, to to honor you, to glorify you in sharing your story, your life, your love to others, God. Help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.